been very lucky and uh, to work with many different publishers who send me advanced reader copies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living a Life Through Books. I'm your host, Dr. Shanaz Ahmed, and today we have a special guest. Monique LaHaye is originally from Eastern Canada. She is an avid reader and has read over 100 books this year. She began her Bookstagram account in April, where she features her book collection and current reads. She has a bachelor's in science in biology and chemistry and currently is a teacher in northern Canada. I got introduced to Monique through Bookstagram and she was quite informative about the ARC world and without further ado, let's meet Monique. Hello, hello, hello and welcome to my podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. Well, I was really excited too. This is my first podcast experience. So, and I love books, so I'm excited to chat about them with you. Okay, let's just let's just do it. The reason actually that I wanted to talk to you first of all was on your Instagram profile you had a lot of um ARCs, right? I do. I've been very lucky and uh, to work with many different publishers who send me advanced reader copies. It's been really exciting. I only started getting them about six months ago, so I'm relatively new. Perfect. Perfect. So let's talk about this journey, okay? So let's back up, not six months ago, but let's back up to, first of all, why you wanted to do this? Like, what was the, I guess, the draw for you? And then once you figured out the why, then the how, and we'll go that way. Let's just go, let's start off with the, let's back up and I'll let you take it. Well, I started my bookstagram, as we like to call it, account. Uh, It was about April. I had an Instagram account for a long time, a personal Instagram, but I realized that I wanted to post about my books and I didn't feel that my personal Instagram was the right place to do that. So I made a new account and realized that there is a huge bookstagram world that I was completely unaware of. I love reading. So of course I wanted to get new book recommendations and what better place than from influencers and fellow bookstagram accounts. So I made my account, not really going into it to expect to get advanced reader copies, but just wanting to meet fellow book lovers like yourself and Uh uh, so many other book friends that I've made through my account. And it's just kind of been one of those things that one thing leads to another. So, you know, you realize I had no idea that this existed and that there was all these other book lovers out there just like me. Then you see, wow, you can get advanced reader copies when you're in this position. So I was like, well, that's something I would be interested in because I actually live in a remote community right now. Uh, that has no bookstore. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You got to go out and start one right away. I know. Just go do that. Yeah. So the closest bookstore to me right now is an eight-hour drive. Oh, my goodness. I can't process that. (laughs) It was was an adjustment for me, too. It's been been rough. (laughs) Where do you live? 
Are uh, you allowed to say? I'm living in northern Canada. Okay. So eight hours from the nearest city center. Uh, it is for my partner's work. He uh, he has a posting position job. So we're living in a remote community. It's been an experience. And I think that that's really one of the things that pushed me to start my bookstagram is needing that book outlet and needing to meet more people who have the same interest and, you know, get those recommendations when you can't just walk in the store and find them yourself. Correct. Right. Okay. Mm. <laughs> okay. So then you're like, okay, I want this. So you found out about advanced reader copies. I did. Um, and I had, you know, a, it's a very supportive community. So I had kind of reached out to a few other bookstagrammers, like, how do you even do that? How do you get on their list? What do you have to do? And they, you know, it's publishers are very generous and they're very grateful for their readers. And it's really just a matter of, you know, reaching out to them when you see books that you're interested in that they have coming out and just saying, Hey, look, I have a bookstagram account and I really enjoy your content, like your, your books. And these are the books that you have coming up that I would really love to read. And, uh, you'd be surprised how, Often they are looking for reviewers and readers who want to read those books in advance. So, okay. I'm very clueless to this world. Okay. I literally found out what an ARC was, I think March or April of this year when I was, yeah. When I started my podcast and I talked to one of my first authors, she'd written a book, a young adult fiction and she sent me an ARC. And I'm like, what's an ARC? <laughs> so that's that's how new I am. So when you said you see what books the publisher has coming out, mm-hmm. how do you even know that? How do you see that? So there are a few different ways that I personally use. Um, I okay. have signed up for a lot of the publishing houses' emails. So they have newsletters that come out and they are very good at saying what's coming, what's coming out, what to look forward to, especially this time of year. They're, you know, advertising their 2020 books, their Facebook, their Instagram accounts, their Twitter accounts. They're all, you know, they're marketing their books and their great place to find them is on their social media. Also, uh, just going on their websites and seeing like what's coming out, what's new. I don't. I don't know what's coming out. Like I said, there's no bookstore for me to go to and look at the posters that say this is coming out in two months. So I find that I do a lot more research to know what's up and coming and who has what coming out. NetGalley is also a great source of ARCs. They're e-copies. I don't know if you know about NetGalley. I've heard of it. So tell me about NetGalley. Uh, So NetGalley is, it's a website that compiles advanced reader copies in an e format. So you can apply to have advanced ebooks on NetGalley through publishers. So most of the major publishers do have NetGalley and they list all of their upcoming books on there that are available to request. So I sometimes, if there's a book I really would like to read in advance, I will request it on NetGalley and maybe I won't have any luck that way, but I can also send them an email and request a physical copy and maybe get it that way. So it's kind of you know, there's two outlets. If there's a book that you're really dying to read and review that you can try to get your hands on a copy early. What are the rules? I I heard that NetGalley was pretty strict or stringent and you did mention apply. It sounds kind of uh, scary. 
NetGalley, I was really intimidated by it because I'm like you, when I first heard about it, I, there's rules. And if you don't do this, then you'll never get another copy again. And I heard a lot of things like that. I have not had that experience with NetGalley. I promised myself I wasn't going to request too many. And I, of course, did. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So my, they say that you should have about an 80% review uh, rating to be, you know, in good terms. I'm a little bit below that because I get really excited and request 10 books and then have 10 books that I need to read and review, which is, you know, going to take me a little while. But really with NetGalley, they try to encourage you to have books reviewed by the publishing date. But really, if you don't have that done, it's not the end of the world. What do you mean by a review rating? Does someone read your review and are like, well, (laughs) you didn't talk about the third subplot in this book. So your rating is going to go down to. No, I, it, and I, again, I thought the same thing and I was like, I don't want somebody judging my reviews. Uh, it's just a 80% of books that you have requested and received or have been reviewed. So there's nobody, you know, checking up on them or anything. They just want to know that you've submitted at least 80% of the titles that you've received. Okay. And you submit the review on NetGalley. Yeah, directly on NetGalley. So they also have it set up so you can link it directly to your Goodreads and Amazon accounts so that you can publish all your reviews at the same time, if that's something that you guys do. Um, I personally just post on NetGalley, and then, you know, if I'm going to post it on my Instagram, I go over there and maybe reword some things for Instagram or change it up a little bit. Because it is for a different audience, right? Right, right, of course. So now you have NetGalley, you do contact publishers. Do you actually email them, send them a snail mail? What do you do? And what is the content of this letter? How do you find their information? Again, website, I'm guessing. Yeah, their contact information is usually on their website. Um, usually you want to find the publicity email. So there is like a contact questions email, but there's also usually a publicity email. So that's the email that you're looking for. Okay. Uh, Publicity, or sometimes they word it as media as well, um, to request request review copies. Um, Okay. Yeah. So all that information can be found on their websites. And as far as what I include in my email, I try to keep it really brief. Publishers are very busy. Uh, They don't need to know everything about you or me or any of their readers. You mean they, they want to know a little they bit. They don't want to know what I ate for breakfast? No, Man. surprisingly. Darn it. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, so I try to include, you know, I like to include my favorite genres, what I really like to read, where I post my reviews. So I always include my Instagram link and how many followers you have so that they don't have to go to that link to confirm, like to see it, they can confirm, but they don't have to go looking for the information that they need. It's all there. Um, I also highly recommend putting all your contact information right in that email. So put your address, put your phone number, put your, you know, if there's another email that you use, put that on there because there have been many cases where I never hear back from them, but I do get the copy showing up in the mail because they had all the information. They didn't have to answer me. They didn't have to go do extra work on their part. It just shows up. (laughs) Okay. 
because um, recently I counted Celadron. Is that right? Celadron books? Celadon? Celadon, yes. Yes. And I just keep, you know, hitting like on their pictures, hitting commenting on their pictures. And finally, I sent a direct message and I said, hey, how do I do this? They sent me like an application link where I just have to put my name and all my stuff and click on the stuff I like and I hit enter. Okay. And they wanted a minimum of 100 Instagram followers, which I thought was very low. I'm, I'm low. I'm at 300 and some 320 or something. And I was like, I wasn't sure if I'd even get anywhere. And then someone said, kind of like you, one day Celadon showed up in my door. That's exactly what happened to me with them as well. So I know that they, I believe they're a, an imprint of Macmillan. Okay. Um, and I had requested ARCs from other Macmillan imprints before, but never Celadon. Okay. And they, you know, it showed up one day. I was very excited. I was surprised, but... All, all publishing houses work a little bit differently, and even imprints work differently within publishing houses. So it's a bit of a learning curve with each publishing company that you do decide to reach out to. Because I, I know that Celadon, they don't necessarily need you to request them because once you're on that list, you're in their file and they will send you or not send you what they see fit. Whereas other companies, if you don't request it, you probably won't get it. And then other ones, they have book blogger programs. So that means that they have like a list of people that they regularly work with, but they also send out copies if like as per request. So it's a, a, yeah, it's a, it's been a bit of a learning curve. I have another publishing house that I just started, just got my first copy from actually. And they, um, you apply to be able to request copies. So you have to be on their list of accepted bloggers before you can ask for copies, if that makes sense. So there's like a double application almost. Right, right, right. So what is your process like? Do you have a Excel worksheet with alphabetized names of all these publishers? And uh, I've asked this publisher for this genre, this, this, you know, this whole spreadsheet or... And are you I sitting do. around and you do? Okay. <laughs> I you do t- have a spreadsheet. Um, okay. I didn't at first. I, you know, just would request here and there. And I don't really have any sort of process that, you know, I sit down and I'm going to request books and I need to do this and that. And I need to anything like that. I'm a very laid back bookstagrammer. I don't want to, I don't want it to become a work. I want to have inspiration when I do my posts and, when I'm reading, it's, it's my passion. It's not my job. So I want to keep it fun. Um, but I do have a, a spreadsheet that I do keep updated just to keep contact with, because there are specific people now that I, you know, speak with at different companies and I want to make sure that I don't lose that information. And also I keep track of, to make sure that I've posted my reviews at some point, you know, I want to make sure that I don't lose sight of a book or it gets, put on a table and forgotten about or anything like that so I try to keep it a little bit organized in my spreadsheet but yeah it's just a a very simple keeping track keeping myself mindful of what I have going on and Mm -hmm. 
what I've been given. And I also, I do like snail mail. So I always try to send a thank you. I don't know if they ever end up where they were supposed to, but okay. I also keep track of that on my spreadsheet is, did I send them snail mail yet? <laughs> but This is for actual publishers who've actually sent you yeah. the books. Not NetGalley. Yeah, no, just for when I'm dealing with a direct, you know, a human that has sent me an email and said like, yeah, for sure, I'm going to send you this book. I really like to make sure that I send them, you know, a special thank you card back because for whatever reason, they saw my page and wanted me to review their book. And I feel like they deserve a thank you for that. That's super, super awesome, man. Um, what did I want to say? Okay, so now that if you've got a book, is there a rule? Hey, we sent you this book. I want this review by this date. Is there some kind of a legal agreement that's it's like, I didn't review this book. I have 10 books ahead of you, and I will not be able to make this date. Probably review it in three years. Not literally, but you know. Um, if they have a specific request, they'll usually add a press release right into the book. So it's like a piece of paper that has all the book's information on it. And it might say, we would really appreciate it if you could post by this date, which is X amount of weeks before the publishing date. Um, but a lot of them don't actually send those direct guidelines. If I know personally that I'm not going to be able to review a book before the release, I try to at least post the synopsis with a picture of the book and a thank you again on my page, because I think that they probably run into that issue a lot, especially if you're getting books that you didn't even request. Right. Right. My best recommendation for that is, you know, make sure you read anything that they send you. If they do have any requests, do your best to follow them because they did, you know, right. send you a, a copy. Sure. But if you can't meet their exact requirements, you can always, you know, send them an email because usually there's an email on that press release and just say, mm -hmm. hey, you know what? I'm not going to have it reviewed, but I did post this picture with this information on it and send them the link. They would be really grateful for that as well, I think. Oh, OK. I see that. So what are the restrictions? Like, so if you have an ARC that's not coming out till, I don't know, uh, April of 2020, what, and you've already read it, you've done your review, it's brilliant, you're like, oh my God, I love this book, and you have it in your hand, but it's not released, what are your... Um, I guess your obligations, you're not allowed to give it to anyone else, I'm guessing. What You can re-gift, usually, advanced reader copies. So it's always good to double-check with them. You cannot sell them, but right. you, know, you could do a giveaway or you could um, give it, you know, pass it on to a friend, that sort of thing. Usually it's just a do-not-resell-it um, type deal as far as what you do with your copy with your when you're finished. Um, as for... Being finished with it, I know a lot of companies will request to post it. Like, you know, don't, if you do read it now, don't post your review until uh, a week before release because we really want to get that extra push for pre orders in that last week. So it's always good to be mindful if you know what they, when they would like it posted. And if you don't, it's always nice to, again, if I posted a review today for a book that comes out in four months, I'll probably try to revisit it in that month and say, hey, remember that post that I made four months ago with that really awesome review for that book, um, just so it's not forgotten. Cool. This is like really a lot of stuff. It's very interesting. I've 
Here's my other question. Do you feel or did you feel when you started this whole thing that it felt like a closed box? Or did you feel people were as nice as you are and willing to share this information? I find that in general, the Bookstagram community is very supportive. Um, Publishers are very supportive. They're all very helpful. If you have questions, I was hesitant about reaching out to ask somebody how you do this and reaching out to publishers to ask for books. I was like, wow, that's like, I don't feel like I can do that or that I'm in any position to be able to do that. And I've been shocked by the generosity of the Bookstagram community and the generosity and helpfulness of the publishers as a whole. Right. So what about someone like me? You know, I'm just kind of small Joe Schmo, just have 300 followers. Nobody knows me. Why would a publisher even want to send me a book? I can't answer for the why, but I can say that when I started, you know, being brave enough to reach out, I was a relatively new account with only probably around 900 followers. Um, 900 I, is a lot. I, I get like 300. I'm like, yeah, I'll take 900 right now. <laughs> uh, you'll get there though. You'll, you'll get there. And I think that they, if they see that you're active on your page and that you, you're, you know, what you're passionate about is in line with what they're doing. So you do like books and you are posting about books and you have this wonderful podcast that you're going to talk about their book on, right? They're very, right. like, they look at all different sorts of ways to gauge interest for their materials. So I think you'd be surprised. I was surprised. I thought 900 followers. I mean, I know it's, it is a lot, but it's not when you compare your, you get to the comparing thing, right? Um, Which is not a good thing to do when you're comparing yourself to these good accounts. You're like, I will never get to a thousand or I will never get to enough followers to get an ARC. I think that there isn't, always a set number that's not the only thing that they're looking at when they're picking people to send ARCs to okay have you seen my Instagram account I have and I I mean I had no idea that there was many book podcasts right so I mean that's a whole other door that I didn't realize until you had reached out to me and so I was really excited and enlightened about that. And now I was like, well, now I have a bookstagram podcast that I can listen to. So again, it's, it's all about reaching out and you'll be surprised at what comes back your way. I think we're all a little too hard on ourselves too. Ah, I will tell you, I'm adding something new on my podcast. That's actually coming up next year. I'm starting a book club and I'm going to record the book club. Oh, that sounds fantastic. And that meeting is going to be posted as a podcast every month. Whoever's there, you know. Yeah. I so love that's, that. that's going to be an added element to my podcast. I don't even know what I'm doing, but we'll figure it out, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's the fun of it. Let's talk about reviews. Elements of a good review. What when you're reviewing a book, you know, because I read reviews and I'm I'm not the best reviewer. I can look at a book and I'm one of these people who say, That's a good book. Like, um, 
that's not a good review. Sorry. So what are the elements of a good review? Um, I think that that's a, a tricky question because everybody wants different things from their review. So I think it's kind of hard to, you know, have a review that's going to be satisfactory to every type of reader. For me, I know that there's a lot of people out there who have these really excellent in-depth reviews. And I'm the type of person who only wants to read the first two sentences of a synopsis because I don't want anything given away to me. I want to know like, yes, I like the theme and I want everything else to be a surprise. So for me, I really like the short and sweet reviews. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I try to have, if it's, uh, you know, a finished copy, I always like to include my favorite quote or make sure that if it's a non-finished copy, that it is a quote that I'm allowed to um, include in my review. So I like to see, I like to have those really, you know, those quotes that really grabbed me from the book. I like to include those in my review. I also like to include my own synopsis in my reviews, because like I said, I don't like a lot to be given away in synopsis. Mm -hmm. So I try to make mine really short and to the point so that even I would want to read it <laughs> and I wouldn't right. have anything given away. And then I really just try to keep my thoughts uh, concise and to the point about what I liked, what I didn't like. And if I really, really liked it and don't want to give anything away, I just say, I really, really liked it and you should read it. And if you like this genre or if you liked this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know that a lot of people really do like those in-depth reviews and they're fantastic and they're a lot of work. But for me, unless I, I love those once I've read the book, I guess. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to think if we should just do a on-the-spot review of a book that I might have read, and which I haven't read too many. Let's see. Have you done uh, Dutch House? I have not. I haven't read the Dutch House. Uh, Silent Patient? I've, yes, I've read The Silent Patient. I don't know if there's a review on my page for that one. I don't know if I've ever actually written a review because I read it before I started my account. Um, For me, what I would write about The Silent Patient is just that it is a fast-paced thriller that has an amazing twist at the end that you will not see coming. And that would be almost the only things that I would give away to you because I don't want to give away the ending because it is so good. (laughs) Okay. I like yeah. that. I, I like this. Let's play this game. I'm sure you've read um, uh, Crawdads. I have read Crawdads. Okay. Crawdads for me was a little, it was a slow burn and it was not what I was expecting because again, I don't read the full synopsis of a book. So that was maybe on me, but I really, really liked, I can't remember all the characters names now. I really liked the development of the main character in Crawdads. And I was you know, in the synopsis, the first few lines, it tells you about this murder. So I was expecting more of a mystery following the murder, but it's really a character development story and it has really great, excellent character development. Oh my God. I am loving your reviews. I wish I had a list of, I am like, oh my goodness. This is, that's really good. I, I love how you've just taken the essence of a book You've just distilled it into three lines and it gives you what a person needs. It's exactly, wow. I love it. Oh, well, thank you so much. This is, this is great. So let's talk about books. 
What are your top books for this year? Top five for this year? My top five published this year? I, that's that's what I've been yeah. struggling with. I'm going to I'm going to have my uh not my ARC something yeah. that the average pe- person like me <laughs> has uh, well, a few of my favorite books this year actually I was a little bit late to the party and they were published in 2018. So, uh The Silent Patient is on my top. Daisy Jones and the Six was on there as well. Recursion. Recursion was one of my favorites. Oh, it's excellent. Um, I hadn't actually read Dark Matter by Blake Crouch either. And I was upset that I hadn't read it sooner because I really, really loved his writing style. Lock Every Door by Riley Sager was a good one. I actually hadn't read any Riley Sager before. And I've read all three of his books this year. And I was, again, so mad that I hadn't read them sooner. Uh Um, What else? Oh, I had Verity came out, I think, at the end of 2018 by Colleen Hoover. And mm-hmm. I hadn't read it yet. And it was, I was blown away by that as well. What's it, what was it called again? Verity. Verity. Okay. Yeah. Colleen Hoover is more of a romance writer. So I'm more of a thriller person. So I didn't mm-hmm. really read any of her books until this year. But Verity ended up being, it is a romance. Okay. But it's also one of my favorite thrillers of the year. Okay. So what are your fa- uh, favorite, all-time favorite books, all-time ever? Oh, that's a hard question for somebody who loves books. <laughs> um, I think if I had to pick one favorite all-time book, and this is a really common answer, but it has to be Harry Potter. Um, it was the first chapter book that I ever was attempting to read on my own. My mom had bought it in the book order, the scholastic mm-hmm. book order when I was a kid. And we read it together when I was really young. And I think that that was the book that really made me love reading and made me want to read everything that I could get my hands on. So that has to be my all-time favorite. Favorite books other than Harry Potter. It's hard. (laughs) It's really hard. Um, I really like I Let You Go by Claire McIntosh because that, again, was my first thriller, my real first Mm -hmm. thriller that I read and I've gone into a spiral of that's all I want to read since reading um, that one so that's a big one for me so those are I those are probably just the most important books because they're the two that have really defined my reading now if that makes sense so they say a reader tends to also be a writer Do you have any thoughts on that? Hopes that you want to be a writer maybe? I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. Um, It's something that I've thought of before. And I think if the idea, if there was ever an idea that came to me, then I probably would be a writer as well. But for now, I think I'm just a reader. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very, very good. I, um... Whenever I've asked someone about ARCs or, hey, how did you get this as a message on Instagram? I have not gotten a response. And then you responded to me. And I was like, whoa, she's talking to me. Wow. I, it was, I was like, wow, I was blown away because I, I felt this is somehow like, hey, don't ask me. I'm not going to tell you. You're not. I don't know. You, you don't 
fit the profile. We're not going to help you with this. I don't know. I just felt that way. And then you were helping me. There's one other person who, when I messaged, was talking to me about, you know, oh, yeah, Celadon Books, they sent this. And I'm going, oh, this is so good. And so I can do, you know, I'll put your podcast out. And then when I record with her about the same topic, that I can put that out because I feel you know what? I want it to be out there for other book readers for to sure. know of the journey to find ARCs, that there is such a thing as ARCs and what they need to do. Yeah. And I don't think it has to be like a, you know, you said a shut box. I don't think it needs to be a closed box. It It's good to talk about it because we all started somewhere, right? And I had no idea what I was doing. I still have no idea what I'm doing, but well, if, if there's no information out there, then how are how are we ever going to learn, right? So, um, right. I think that it's good to, you know, share your knowledge with with, with people. Uh, there's no there's no right or wrong answer of how to how to bookstagram or how to get ARCs or how to make your reviews. I think there's a lot of different ones, but I think having those conversations can be really helpful and make the subject less intimidating. Because mm-hmm. I know I was very intimidated when I sent the first email to a publisher. I like had the butterflies and I was freaking out. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, well, doesn't hurt to ask, right? <laughs> right. My, the other thing is, so let's say I sent an email to a publisher and they just, I have all this information. They just have it in the bag. And a month goes by, two months go by, I don't hear anything. So then I said, okay, publisher A, haven't heard from. Let me send out one to publisher B. And then I do this every two months. So at the end of the year, let's it'll be six publishers, okay? Just to be devil's advocate. And then when the next year comes around, all of a sudden, my mailbox, I open it and there's like six books where I'm thinking, wait a minute, I just wanted to do one publisher and I didn't know they were interested and now it's pouring in. What are your thoughts on something like that? How do you even handle that? Or you think I'm just crazy, which Um, which is fine too. (laughs) I think that publishers have realistic expectations of reviewers. I think that they understand, especially if you're being sent a book, that you didn't request because if it was a year later, it probably wouldn't be a specific book that you had requested. Um, They're very mindful of your time. And I, again, I go back to what I was saying earlier about if you don't have time to necessarily put out a review, even posting it on your page, you're getting it out there to your followers. You're saying, you know, this is where I got it. Thank you. Um, And this is the synopsis. Mm -hmm. And you're still, you're still giving them that publicity, right? Right. Um, which is important to make sure that you're maintaining that level of publicity for them. But I think that it's easy to get overwhelmed because you don't always expect them to say yes. So it's easy to request, <laughs> um, you know, bite off more than you can chew. But I think that, again, just being mindful of making sure that you are at least getting those posts about the book out there, whether your review is a little late or not. Okay. So tell me about Bookstagram in general. What are your thoughts on um, a decent bookstagram post? How do you think someone like me can um, increase a following? Um, To increase following, 
my only recommendation would be is just engaging with people. So it's really about making sure that if you have a question about somebody's post or what they're doing or where they read that book or why they like that book, ask them the question because a lot of them love to talk. That's why we're all here. We all love to talk about books, right? Right. Um, so answering, you know, if you're watching their stories and a lot of them are really sharing things about their life too, that aren't necessarily about books, you know, engage with them and build those relationships with friends. And you, you know, that's how you can grow any circle is just talking and engaging with people. That is true, but it's like, I would do it and still I'm kind of like, wait a minute, why is this taking so long? <laughs> like I just, I, I, I want, tell me where the magic button is. <laughs> yes. And there is no magic button, unfortunately. Um, I think it's, again, comes back to a little bit of comparing. Why am I not growing as fast as they are? What am I doing differently? Why can they grow faster than I can? And um, I don't think that there's, a clear cut answer that anyone has for that. Instagram constantly changes their algorithms. Oh um, yeah. You so see. it's, it depends on, you know, sometimes I'll have a post that I think is going to do really well and I'm really excited about it. And then nobody likes it. So <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, I, I don't really have a good answer for how to grow your following other than not worry so much about the numbers, just worry about, you know, the relationships that you get to form along the way with those people, because I've met so many amazing people through this community and, you know, they're on my Christmas card list now. Oh, wow. <laughs> so awesome. like, yeah. So I have so many great friends that have come from this community. And I, I think that that's the important thing is remembering why you started your account. It wasn't, well, at least for me, it wasn't to see how many followers I could get. It's great right. to have lots of followers, but I just wanted to talk about books. And right. so that's what I do. I talk about books and I talk about books with people and I try my best to get on there and make sure that I'm liking their content and, you know, giving them that, wow, this is an amazing post when they really love their post and just really engaging with your followers. Okay. So now I'm going to ask you a podcast question. Okay. Since okay. you are, since you're, since you're such an expert on podcasting, I'm just kidding. Uh, since you're new to the podcast world, okay, I want you to think of this podcast, our conversation right now, from a bookstagram point of view, and you're listening to it as though a, like a third person kind of thing. You're listening to this. Now, what do you want to hear with our conversation? You're like, uh, okay, they're talking about it. Come on, I want to hear what? Oh, geez. We kind of touched on a lot of the major elements of Bookstagram. You know, we talked about ARCs. We talked about engagement. We've talked about how to gain followers. And again, these are all things that I'm not an expert on, but I can, you know, tell you what I have done. Right. Um, what else could we, what else would you really want to know? What would you like to listen to in a podcast? And please don't say book reviews because there's a dime a dozen of those also. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that having conversations like this, but with different bookstagrammers, because like I said, I'm not an expert, but we have all had different experiences with how we've gotten, you know, more engagement with how we've gotten more followers. And that's one of my favorite conversations to have on bookstagram too, with people is talking about those 
details, like what do you, why do you think this post didn't do well? Right. And having those like, you know, different conversations of, well, when is a good time to post? Because I don't know the answers to these questions. Right. And it varies for person to person. So I think that I would personally be interested in seeing other people's experiences with, again, the advanced reader copies and, you know, NetGalley and all these different types of things. Everybody has a completely different story. And I'm still like learning new things constantly. Like I had never heard of Libro FM until last week. Um, I've never been a big audiobook person. Okay. So that's, that's new to me. Isn't so, that a paid service? Uh, it is, but they actually also have like a bit of a, you know, advanced copy program as well, which I had no idea that there was is ever that such a thing. right? Yeah. I had no idea there was such a thing as an advanced audiobook copy. So it's... How do you get those? Uh, it's, a, it's just an application that they have on their, their service to... Uh, apply to be one of their, I don't know what their wording is. I don't know if it's influencer or advanced copy reviewer. I'm not sure, but they also have a program. So there are so many things that I still don't know about. And I'm sure there's a million more that I haven't learned yet. So having these like, I don't know, for lack of a better term, nitty gritty conversations about how to do it because there's not, there's no how to guide, right? Absolutely. No, no. So this is uh, so cool. That's why I wanted to do this. Are you a member of any of uh, the book boxes or anything like that? I am not. I would love to be a book of the month subscriber, but unfortunately they do not ship to Canada. So if anyone from book of the month listens, can you please get on sending us books to Canada? <laughs> because uh, yeah, I would love to have that. Uh, there are a lot of other options but unfortunately I really like the idea of book of the month because you have that flexibility to pick what you want and what you don't want and I want to use an extra credit this month or I don't want to use an extra credit for someone like me who tends to uh buy books early (laughs) okay If if I really want a book I have a tendency of not waiting for it so I find with subscription boxes that are available in Canada I'm worried about you know, getting duplicates, which is fine. You can always, you know, give them away and that kind of thing. But I um, would love to have an option here that's similar to book of the month where you get a little bit more choice and a little bit more say. And I know book of the month often has copies a little bit before the actual publication date too, which is really awesome. Okay. That's cool. I I really want to do a podcast episode broken up on all the uh, subscriber uh, subscribing um, I guess companies mm-hmm. like Outcrate, Book of the Month. I know there are other book companies that do this. Yeah, and, and there's so be many different cool. ones, and I don't know how to pick one either. Like if I was gonna try one out, I have no idea. So yeah. I would be interested to listen to that because, like I said, it's like I'm always going back to comparing to the one I can't get. <laughs> right. So. Maybe you can help me using your bookstagram influence and finding different people who'd be willing to be on my podcast to do, to talk oh, about sure. their subscribe, the subscriptions, mm-hmm. different subscriptions. And I could probably do an episode on just subscriptions and comparisons. Oh yeah. That would be awesome. Uh, another one would be, I love bookish 
accessories too, which I, I never had heard of a book sleeve until I was on bookstagram. So I've loved learning about book sleeves because so many of my books have died in my bag. Well, not died, but they get bent and injured. Okay. So I want to know what other cool things as a book lover that I didn't know about or don't know about still that I would need. <laughs> okay. Book sleeve. Tell me what a book sleeve is. Um, It's like a little bag for your book that okay. protects it when you have it on the go. So there are lots of companies that make them. They're, I might have one handy, actually. Let's see here. It's like a little protector for your book. Okay, let me see your book. Let me turn around. I want to see the whole thing. Okay. And, and then you can slide your book in. It protects your book. Oh, it's just a bag. Yeah, it's just a bag. But they have them in all different styles and prints and that kind of thing. And it saves your book from getting bent when you throw it in your bag. But how? I mean, it's okay. I'm going to be a devil's advocate. Why couldn't you just put it in a, I don't know, a uh, grocery bag? And I then, but and I then, I mean, I know, I know. I mean, it's so tacky, mm -hmm. <laughs> like totally tacky. But how is it different is my question. Like, how does it protect it? I don't think it would protect it any more than if you put it in a bag and then put it in your next bag. But I think that, you know, book lovers love pretty things, right? We all sure, love pretty yeah. books. Oh, yes. Pretty okay. Books. So I think that what I mean is, like, I didn't know that there was something that I could put it in as a little protective wrapper and then put it in the bag. And it has its own little bag that saves it from getting bent. So I think that would be another interesting podcast, actually, is what other book things am I missing out on that book I need? Accessories. You know, yeah. uh, I recently saw a book accessory, which is like a book tag. So it's almost like it's an arrow that you stick to the side of your book, like on the side of your pages. And so instead of like dog earing your pages, it's almost like a, I guess, a um, post-it note. But it's a post-it note that folds over and it's a gold foil and so when you look at the side of the book, you can see where those foils are, where you've stuck them. See, that's super cool. I've never seen that or heard of it before. I was like, what is this? And now I don't remember the account. I, I need to start taking notes on these. But, <gasps> but book accessories would be great. Yeah, for sure. And I know a lot of people use Post-it notes to save those, like, like I said, my favorite quotes or those things that you really don't want to miss in your review. So those would be cool. I don't, I don't post it note, but if I had a really, you know, this is the uh, spender in me, I guess that just loves pretty things. If I could have a pretty foil gold arrow. <laughs> right. I need well, to it have it. So cool. They would like, she's like, look what I got all these arrows. And she's just folding it over like that. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So hearing about those kinds of accessories would be really interesting. It almost looked like the Renaissance kind of a thing, you know, like a little, um, what do you call it? Like a hinge on a door kind of a look. <laughs> and I was like, this is so cool. Okay. Book accessories. All right. Thank you so much. This is, see, I'm, I'm getting so much out of this. You were so oh, great. I'm, like, I, I'm not qualified to be on this podcast. I'm like, you're totally qualified to be on this podcast. <laughs> this is, well, thank you. Yeah, this is exactly what I want. Anything else you want to talk about? Anything bookish? Oh, 
I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. This has been so fun. And I'm really excited to hear about your book club podcast. I want to hear more about that. That sounds well, like a ton of fun. <laughs> I haven't done it yet. So I'm going to have to, it's just recording the book club meeting. Mm-hmm. So that episode itself will come out after the meeting and after I edit it. Mm-hmm. As soon as it comes out out I will definitely let you know and I'll also tell you how it goes and you can listen to it awesome thank you I am so glad you came on my podcast I just want to say thank you thank you thank you thank you for having me you're very welcome and I will catch you on the bookstagram community That's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to Monique. And more importantly, I hope you all got a glimpse into the world of ARCs. As always, like and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. You can reach me there or on my website at shanazahmed.com. That is S-H-A-H-N-A-Z-A-H-M-E-D.com. I would appreciate if you could take a moment to rate me a review on Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcast engines you listen to. The starting and ending music for this and all my previous episodes was composed by my husband, Brad Slavic. I'm Dr. Shanaz Ahmed with Living a Life Through Books, signing off. Remember to water the seeds within you. It's time.